Thanks a million for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. I'm your host, Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. That's Alexandre, A L E X A N D R E Marie, M A R I E underscore talks, T A L K S, on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast for the people by the people. I want you guys to feel as if we're on the phone. As if we're just two friends, chilling, relaxing, getting to know one another. And when I have a guest on, just imagine it's another friend with us. It's not going to be crazy formal, though I will have certain distinguished guests, such as doctors, councilmen, councilwomen, But before they get on, I'm going to let them know it's okay to let your guard down. Please be sure to follow, subscribe, listen, download on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Dizzer, and more. Truth the Breeze with Alexandria Marie is on 18 major music and podcast platforms. For a list, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Alexandre hyphen Marie, or you can go on my Instagram, Alexandre Marie underscore talks, click highlights and actually see all 18 music and podcast platforms. Again, thanks a million for tuning in. I hope you like the show. It's time to welcome my special guest today to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandria Marie, the fabulous, the wonderful CEO, creative director of We Are Jersey Magazine and co-founder of Jersey Turned Up Entertainment. Now, did I say that correct? Jersey Turned Up Entertainment? Yeah, Jersey Turned Up. (laughs) The Papino? Yeah, that's correct. Ah, I got it. Eh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Z. Tell us a little bit about Jersey Turned Up Entertainment. Um, So pretty much um, Jersey Turned Up Entertainment. um, Pretty much your plug for everything you you need. You know, if you are throwing a party, you need bartenders, DJs, hosts, um, and also performers. Literally every aspect you need, um, we could do it for you, really, or we could help you with it. Um, so pretty much we're not limited, but we do have our models, our videographers, graphic designers, um, you know, videographers, everything that pretty much could help you with covering an event or just branding or your visuals. Um, we could help you with that. As well as, um, you know, we also have people who on our team who um, I would say for the most part, pretty much aid you with the beginning steps of getting started with a startup as well yeah so we are jersey that's a different entity than um jersey turned up magazine right it's a branch underneath 
So do you guys also offer artists? Like, do you have artists under Jersey Turned Up Entertainment? Like if I, let's say I wanted to put a show, like a, I don't know, some, some type of like whatever show, and I needed like a rapper or a singer or something like that, or do you just guys have dancers? Um, well, I don't really have dancers necessarily. Uh, I guess I, I should say I have girls who have the ability to dance, but I, you know, they're still models and they're still businesswomen, really, for the most part. I'm, I don't really give them the, the dancer card yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, as for, for that, yeah, we, we have artists that we, that are like our family to us. Pretty much, I would say most people, for the most part, can tell who they are if they know us well enough. But we don't have them sign us. We don't really sign artists um, at this time. We do, like, a lot of artist development, artist packages for them, like, to help them get exposure or, like, to help them be more developed in their lane or whatever lane their path they're trying to be in. Okay. So you guys are more, like, of a management company, it sounds like. Am I incorrect? Um, long story short, I would I would say manages, but as well as services because um, we don't manage everyone that's on our team. We, you know, we, we help develop a lot of people. Um, if that makes more sense, it's a little bit of a mixture. The models are the people that we manage, so that's like a hundred percent we manage the models. The other okay. people on our team. They, it depends on what, whether they're like freelance or they just do most of our um, primary work, which is like our main in-house everything. So if that makes sense, you know. How did you know when you had like the right idea, you and your co-founder? Like um, honestly, we were just thinking of names and the name for We Are Jersey just stuck. Um, honestly, when it first just stuck, People we didn't know just kept saying it back to us. And honestly, everybody just started following it, I think, just off of the name itself. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, that's how it really just spread, just specifically also from the name. It's something that re- was relatable. It was about Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. So next question. How did you handle adversity and doubt? from people when you guys were starting up, you know, Jersey turned up entertainment and then said to yourself, okay, we want to do We Are Jersey magazine. Like, how did you guys handle that? Um, Honestly, maybe because of how me and my business partner are, it's not that hard for us. So we kind of didn't really pay attention to other people like that because one, we were new starting out. So at the end of the day, like we have the mindset toward that you like us, you're going to like us regardless. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, you know, like you, you could only try so much to worry about what other people care about because you're not going to be happy yourself. And then also at the same time, you know, um, you're going to have to grow through whatever lessons you have to do. So there's not much you could, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to hear this in the back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean it is what it is tell me about an artist that touched your heart whether it be like one of your models or somebody that you put on in the game or 
I, you know, you guys have an ambassador program that we're going to touch on later in the interview, but tell me about an artist that touches you. Um, there's so many situations because I, for the most part, um, because I guess pe certain people look at how I work a little bit differently. Pretty much for me, people don't realize I pick mostly artists that I try to, I can relate to. I don't really try to pick a bunch of artists that don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, they're not relatable. So it's not, it's just like a clout thing for me. Like, I don't really like that at all. So for the most part, artists that I work with, I relate to in some degree. So I would say for me, a lot of was, um, a lot of the artists, I want to say in general, was for the September issue most recently that I could mm -hmm. use is because um, my mother passed away in May. And um, my condolences. I'm sorry. I didn't know. No, th thank you. So like a lot of my life is changing right now. So like, um, or then, then till now, I should say, but, um, for the most part, a lot of the artists that was in my September issue lost their mother when they were young and that wasn't on purpose. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea, but at least like six of them came through and like, they all related to me. So like for me, seeing their different stories of how they kept going, um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it helped me a little bit. They they might not have realized until like the end of that um the magazine shoot, but like a lot of that really helps me. Um and I know people look at me a certain way, but really I'm influenced by the people inside the magazine. So that's good. Wow. I mean the universe does work in mysterious ways. Maybe at the same time you all needed some kind of healing and brought you guys all together at the same time i guess yeah pretty much really so what about an artist that you care not to work with anymore you don't have any, any names but <laughs> you know like just the situation because at the end of the day people learn from like real life experiences and i'm sure that the listeners that are going to listen to this podcast either want to be in your magazine or maybe want to start up a magazine or want to be in the entertainment industry and they might need some advice. Man, that's difficult. Um, I would say I had a situation, um, which is people don't, I guess people wish my rules for the magazine were a little bit less stricter, but it's not going to change anytime soon. But long story short is people just cannot ask me for the cover. And um, we had a situation once and this guy, I don't know what he went through in life, but I guess he thought that he could tell other people that he'd be the cover. And then once he found out he wasn't going to be the cover, like, he's like, oh, man, I told my friends I'd be the cover. Like, you know, there's, there's situations where I guess people get excited, which I understand. but. I don't promise the cover to anybody. Like, <laughs> you know, we don't tell anybody who's about to be the cover. So if you told somebody else you're about to be the cover, I can't really do anything about it, you know? So, um, you know, in on the magazine page, people probably see now, like, you can't ask to be the cover. If you ask to be the cover, then you kind of forfeit yourself from being the cover, you know? Because um, our, our movement's not really about, like, it's, it's really, I, I should word it like this. It's It's really, like, if you deserve the cover, your merit and all the things that you do for it will display that you should be the cover, you know? People can't come up to me and say, I deserve the cover over this person. 
because they don't know the other person's story or their merit. Sometimes even the deeper parts of their story that I might know about the artist, you know. Well, you know, people feel like they have they they're they're it they're that it person, but they haven't proved it to everybody. So saying it to me like that you deserve the cover doesn't show me you deserve the cover because I'll see if you deserve the cover. You know what I mean? I'll see mm -hmm. it. You know, but it's it's a lot of work, and some people aren't accepting to it. So like me and my business partner, our worst situation, like we've had people giving us death threats and all kinds of things, man. You know, what? It, things like that make us like we like doing this, we love doing this, but this things like that makes it harder for us to continue. If that makes sense. But we fight through that regardless, you know. Death threats, really? Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Please, my goodness, man. I mean. I don't envy you guys at all being in this <laughs> industry. Not at all. I mean, that's some serious, uh, <laughs> that's some serious things right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what is the most important thing you've learned in your life before learning it? How were things? And after you've learned it, how were things? Woo! <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> um, what is the most important thing I've learned in my life? Um, hmm. The I know my answer, but it's so recent that it's like, you know, it. I'm still learning what life is like after it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty much um, time won't give you time. So right. um, I would say before learning that, um, I always wanted the right time for a lot of things. And you can't you can't wait for the right time. There's no there's no perfect timing. Your your time is right now. So right. um I would say like I definitely learned that through the loss of my mom, but just over the years in the industry, I just wanted the perfect timing for certain things. And like, you just, I mean, of course, I know you have to take action, but you know, you, everything happens in within its own right timing, but you can't get more time than that. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's going to be up to you anyway. So because I'm learning that, I mean, now that I have no choice but to realize that, <laughs> you know, um, I have no choice but to realize that since like I, a lot of my life I wanted the right time for things with my mom too. And like everything is just, you know, you just have to go, you just have to do it. You just have to do it right now. That's yeah. just really what it is. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Um, what are the best resources that have helped you do what you're doing along the way? Best resources. Um, I would say my, my, uh, I'm gonna call them my inner circle, my tribe, you know, um, my best resources because specifically like there's certain people that have been rocking with the company, even as like a friendship or a close partner or whatever for years. And I know like, I like off the rip, my, my, uh, one of the favorite people I work with is, um, she's known as run this way on Instagram. Um, so Kara. Like I could trust her with my models. I can't trust many people with my models. <laughs> so 
but she will make sure the job will get done. It'll be done like sufficiently. She will. She she's very organized as a person. So like, a lot of my resources are people I've met over the years that we just happen to grow with each other, and some of them mm-hmm. have been with us since the beginning. And like, I don't know. It's it's just really like a. It's like it's really like okay, a true business relationship. But at the same time, we know each other as people where we're comfortable to still joke around and laugh and talk about what's really going on in our lives. So like, it's not only the person that you can make money with, but the people that you can lean your head on, <laughs> which to me is super valuable. So, um, I know for me, that's one of my main <laughs> for the company, my my, my family of uh, people in the industry is really. My, my main resources for me. And that's all through networking. So, What's your definition of success? Okay, being better than you were yesterday. That, that's mm-hmm. as simple as it gets. People look for some major accomplishment, but being better than you were as a person than you were yesterday is already difficult enough. That's mm-hmm. like the, the step that you need to get better. And then level up like it is it's it's like a ladder you know what i mean so um Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be five like an award in front of five billion people it doesn't need to be a cosign it needs to be you making the choice and then taking action and seeing the results of doing better than you were doing the day before or the week before than the year before and you keep you know what i mean you just keep going from there we grow every Mm -hmm. day know and we're not the same person that we were yesterday and people are like well what the hell does that mean that's impossible no it's not because you're meeting new people every day anyway your energy the way you look at certain things is constantly changing so how are you not growing every day and if you can't grow every day then and you're stagnant then you're not trying to better yourself so i actually like that yeah. answer be better than you were yesterday that's awesome. <laughs> Um, so you had mentioned awards and I know you, you guys not were nominated or you won a recent, um, I'm going to say nominated. We'll see you on the 30th of uh, November. We won. (laughs) Um, and what's that award about? Tell us. No, I'm just for best in entertainment for New Jersey black businesses. Um, we've been at it for a minute. So, you know, um, we're pretty honored to be nominated for uh for being the best black business for entertainment in New Jersey. Do you guys have a lot of uh how can I say this competition? Um like... I would say there's a lot of New Jersey um entertainment companies out here. So I would say I would say it's pretty competitive. Um I just I know that we ca- carry a lot of ground. I know a lot of other entertainment companies might have like a mixture. So and there's some that actually do some things that we don't do. So, you know, it's there's a lot of different people in Jersey in general. <laughs> from North, from North, yeah, no, I was just, uh, most people don't necessarily think about North, South, and Central Jersey, but there's really a lot of companies out here. <laughs> there's really a lot, even though people only, you know, use their perspective on the North Jersey. There's a whole state mm-hmm. full, so. Right. They think of, like, what every entertainment company that's out in newark yeah like there's way more to newark yeah. in jersey you know what i mean it's kind of like um 
it's kind of like people from the Caribbean. They think all of the United States is New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. <laughs> For sure. So, some of fun. Uh, how'd you build your team? I know you, it started off with you and your business partner, which is the co-founder of Jersey Turned Up Entertainment. But you stated how you guys have DJs and other, you know, other people like graphic designs, videographers, photographers. So when you realized it was becoming something bigger than what you guys initially thought it would be, how did you begin to build your team? Um, truthfully, it's a forever in progress thing, always. Um you know, some things change. Sometimes people's positions change. Sometimes uh, people are no longer there. It's really a step-by-step, like, brick-by-brick process. So, like, you got to really just, you got to know what you want, you know? Like, you could you could try to build your team and kind of, like, try to form and mold, but not know what you want. But it's way easier once you really a 1,000% know what you want. In the beginning, you know, some people just want to say they're a part of something. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not really that person for it. I'm not really the person that you come to if you just want to be a part of something. I'm somebody right. you come to if you want to be a, you want, you know what you want to do. You know what you want to be. You know you're going to need certain types of things to get there. I'm that person who will help bring that to life. Uh, that's who I am. Um, you right. might come to my team and then I, I throw you in every lane so you learn every lane and then you decide where you want to go. That, that's me also. But for the most part, you got to have an idea because, like, I'm not really the person that has a bunch of people jumping around me just to be around me. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm the opposite of that entirely. Like, I don't really enjoy that. Like, you know, I like, I like when I could sit there and, like, for example, this has been a year where I met a majority of the new people on my team between, I would say I met a majority of them from 2017 till now that stuck with me. People from before then, for the most part, are not here because I I needed to, you know, level up, which requires separation sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, But building the team that I have right now, it's a lot of camaraderie, it's a lot of love, but it's also at the same time the knowledge that if you want to be here, we got to grow with each other. And if there's like, let's say a team of, I don't say a team of, but like, I got like, I got like eight to 10 girls. Okay. Eight to 10 diamonds. So like, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody's falling behind, I'm gonna have to get on their back and let them know, like <laughs> you're falling behind and then they got to get back up and then everybody can be in place again and grow together. You know what I mean? That's, that's really how my team kind of moves. Um, what is falling behind as a diamond not getting requests for parties or no um as a diamond i mean because i don't really i don't have my my girls can do parties if they choose to but i don't really care about that (laughs) i'm the opposite i don't really care about all those parties i care about like you know actual credibility and accountability in real life so like you know my models i can sit there and post some fire of them on instagram but for the most part, my models are getting published. You know what I mean? They're in mad different magazines because um, every girl is different. Every girl on my team is a different flavor, if you will, you know? So, like, 
they all do different things. If you're falling behind, it's, I guess, pretty much doing nothing or, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really what falling behind as a diamond would be, like not doing anything. But for the most part, I don't really ask my girls necessarily to host parties because to be a model doesn't mean you have to party. Like, right. that's like a misconception. Like, there's, I, there's a few diamonds on my team. I can sit there and tell you they've never hosted a gig ever, but they've been published in, like, 15 magazines. Like, <laughs> So for me, you know, I, I weigh I weigh things out a lot, way, way more differently, a lot differently than other people. So, you know, they'll they'll realize like for my girls, you don't have to do all the other stuff that the, the stereotypical idea of a, what an Instagram model does. Like, you could be a businesswoman, you could be a smart woman, you could do you could be a, a role model for other people. Like, what other people do on the, on Instagram is up to them, but when you're a diamond. That ain't happening here. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. You gotta have them standards. No, it definitely it's definitely something that over the years has helped our brand level up and you know, and that and that includes being yourself and being proud of yourself. Like I got a, a model, um, everybody sees her, Maya Black. Um, you know, she's African <laughs> and you know for the most part, I tell her, ever since she became a diamond, embrace that. Embrace that you're af- actually African. You're born in Africa. You got you got your African accent when you choose, you know what I mean? And that you know how to work, you know what I mean? And sometimes other people might not, you know, understand how hard she works because, you know, sometimes Africans just be moving. But, like, right. here on my team, we're here to embrace that. And then other people are going to become to embrace that, too, because that is who you are. You don't have to be all these other people on Instagram. You just be yourself. And people will love you for who you are. Exactly. You're either gonna love me or you're gonna hate me. There ain't anything in between. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Absolutely, you know. So you pretty much, you know, went into my next question as to describe what a good leader looks like. <laughs> what a good so good leader looks like. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're describing how you build your team and if you're there listening then you're you know you're understanding like okay I understand like where she would come from as far as her leadership skills so it kind of like already went into the next question <laughs> um hmm I feel like a leader has no look it's, it's you leaders define their own path so you can't say you look like a leader some people look like leaders and they really ain't leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, Trump, Trump. <laughs> he don't even look like a leader anyway, though. But <laughs> it's true. It's, you know what I mean? Like, you can't look like a leader. You can only be a leader. And if you're a leader, chances are you either got tired of watching or following buffoonery or you just eventually just went through your own trials and tribulations that led you to become your own leader and said, forget this. I'm going to do my own path. And then other people will just look at you like, Hey, I like what you're doing, you know, and start following you. And I feel like that's how a lot of the chains happen. Um, I, I, I'm just somebody who's just like against the clout change. Cause like, you know, it's, it always crumbles apart when you do it for the wrong reasons. You're leading people for the wrong reasons. Like mm-hmm. when you lead people for, right. for the wrong reasons, and also for self gain versus uh, like develop, development of an individual, then like, you know, it falls apart. 
because it's it's for selfish needs or selfish reasons, I guess I should say, you know. So mm-hmm. really, a leader is a person who steps up to the plate. They don't have to look like they're going to step up to the plate, but when the time comes for them to step up to the plate, they step up to the plate. <laughs> right. And that's when some people co- that come is- into their leader of themselves you know what I'm saying come into their inner self and realize that they're a leader but sometimes people need that mm-hmm. heat to realize they're a leader so some people don't look like leaders until right. they get to that position Something yeah happens. you know mm-hmm. I mean I believe that I'm not I'm not one to sit there and say oh people are born leaders no man how are you born a leader like what you just came out of your mom <laughs> and told the doctors don't do this. Don't do this. Like, yeah, no. no, that's that, that I don't think exists. There's something that's always the catalyst or the trigger for it, you know? Exactly. There's always an antecedent there. Um, so, what are the top five songs on your playlist? Uh, right oh, no. Top five. <laughs> Anyone who knows me, I don't, I listen to only, for the most part, indie artists. It's very rare I listen to the mainstream. <laughs> um my top five i listen to of course my sis karma um she sings she's from jersey city she's pretty lit um she she's she took me into retirement like i seen her interview and i i think i only did one interview after her and i stopped doing interviews i was like this is too much <laughs> this talent is kind of a little overwhelming i need to get out of here with this <laughs> let somebody else record her <laughs> Um, Karma is like definitely on top of my list. Um, I love Shelly Farrell. She she got bars. She's beyond talented. Um, I'm waiting for her next few things to release. You'll see me posting that soon. Um, there's always Fuzz Rico. <laughs> Fuzz Rico's from Jersey as well. I listen to a lot of Jersey artists. If you can't tell. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I listen to all for the most part Jersey artists. Um. I, I love listening to Shelly and um, Fuzz, especially. Um, I, I heavy, I'm a heavy supporter in the LGBT community, period. So, like, those are my main homies for that. Um, I also have, I listen to Prince Hill a lot. If I want to be ratchet, everybody listens to all these other people. Like, my ratchet music, I, I listen to Prince Hill. Mm-hmm. People listen to City Girls. I'm listening to Prince Hill and getting ratchet in my car. Like, that's, that's my wavelength. Um, I would say my last person. Ooh, it's hard because it's my top five, but I'd say Mark Reno. Um, Mark Reno's been around. Anybody who knows me, he's been around since the beginning of the magazine. I met him within like the first year. Was blown away. He makes some fire music. He's done house, he's done pop, he's done R and B. He's done a little bit of everything. So I guess I got a wide variety a little bit. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> So what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Woo! Uh, what are some things? <laughs> oh, <laughs> some things. I said something, but hey, if you got a lot you want to share with us. Um, I guess, I guess for me, I guess it's because I play both roles well, I guess. <laughs> um, so like, you for example, we might see the picture of the flyer for this is really girly. I'm really a tomboy. So mm-hmm. like when people see me, like I'll post a picture and they maybe never seen me before. And then like 
they try to ask me to be in a music video and I'm like what <laughs> you know what I mean because like I'm if you see me in person like I'm I'm a joggers person like that you're trying to ask me to be in the, some video and try to be like a vixen and like those movements don't correlate with how I am in real life so that wouldn't even work <laughs> so like you know people I realize like I, you know I could I could have my I like my girly days or I can have my tomboy days but like for the most part internally mm-hmm. I guess I'd say I'm a tomboy so like you know when people approach me a certain way I'm just extremely thrown off and confused but I have to recall sometimes all right so do you think I, I want to ask this because um Cardi B she had she constantly posts that and it's not just Cardi B it's other people um it's not my job to be a mentor to your kids. So I wanted to know, as someone in the entertainment industry, do you think it's an artist's job to be a mentor to young minds that are looking up and admiring them? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of my nice answer or my worst answer, because I hate when people say that it's not your job. When you have the power to to like either give a message to people or inspire people or you're, you're, you know, you're leading, like, I want to say you're leading like your own, not only your own fan base, but you're a part of what everybody is looking at. So you're one of the main drivers of society. I don't want to say it like that, but you know, like if Drake does something stupid, we're all looking at him. He knows we're all looking at him. You know what I mean? So why would you, Mm -hmm say something like that or put yourself in a position where you seem like you don't value it as much meanwhile you're still leading what everybody's looking at in society like i think that's such a problem to me i do think you should be considering yourself a mentor because regardless at the end of the day you're in the spotlight so mad age groups regardless if you have control over it or not are looking at you you know what i mean so why do dumb things or say dumb things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see how that, like, I just don't see how people think, oh, whatever, I can just do whatever I want. Nobody, it's not my job. Like, yeah, it's your parents, the parents' job, but at the end of the day, their kids are looking at you. Maybe your their parents maybe put on the TV and walk out the room and you're on the screen and then you're saying this, that, and the third. Of course, the parents are going to be upset with you, you know? Because you know right. you're in a position where you're all over media or, you know, or maybe, I don't know, you're involved with kids somehow. Maybe you do the, like, uh, if, if Cardi did, like, the um, the Nickelodeon Awards or something, if she ever did that in her life. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways you could be in the position to be leading people who are coming up or younger than you or whatever the case is. So use it to the most positive advantage that you can. But keywords positive, <laughs> you know what I mean? So regardless if it's positive for you, at least tell them the right thing for them. Maybe you didn't finish school, but tell kids to finish school. You know what I mean? Because you don't you don't need to be that person that's leading everybody and then telling them, yeah, quit school. Like <laughs> all these kids quit school, and then all the parents are looking at you like, why would you tell somebody that? You know, like I I don't know. I just think I think it's a no brainer, but I'm I, you know common sense isn't isn't common. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, in her defense, she tried to sit there and say, well, I wanted to look up to my mom. You know, I didn't want to look up to like other people. And, and I understand that. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, Cardi B's personality, for anybody that loves Cardi B, I have nothing against her. I think she's an awesome artist and she's, you know, trying to do for her child. But now that she has a daughter, I wonder if she thinks the same way. Um, <laughs> that she, she has to, because of all the, like, I'm, I'm not somebody who's into anything mainstream, but her name is brought up so much that I have no choice but to look at herself, which is why I know, even though she has a kid, she still does whatever she wants. And I, I'm, not, I'm not that kind of person, so I can't say, like, I don't have kids, but I know when I have kids, I know what I'm not going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, but, you know, I just suggest people make the right decisions for the long term, regardless if it makes them more money or not. Not everyone has that, you know, that mindset, yeah. you know? Some people do things and they feel as though, hey, this is my world, my universe. I'm going to do what I want in my world and my universe. Forgetting that there's seven billion plus people in your world in your <laughs> universe. Just speaking of, it's not really your world. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I remember, you guys, I messaged this girl. Not, you know, I can't remember. I think it was the other day. It was like five something in the morning and I'm up. That's when I'm up. Like all the time, it doesn't matter if I go to sleep at like one, I'm up at five. So I'm looking at my stories and I see Miss Jersey Queen 201 posting something at like 4.58. I'm like, do you ever know? <laughs> like, what? And then mind you, she had more posts before that. Okay, you guys? And I have said, girl, you go ahead and do your thing. Entrepreneurship, goals. I'm telling you, this girl does not sleep, you guys. So I believe it when she says 2020, I'm going to see her more. Because I'm telling you, the amount of businesses or sub-entities that is under Jersey Turned Up Entertainment is ridiculous. <laughs> and you just got this new new other company, right? I think it was Just Vibes, or you're involved in that? Yeah, uh, like, Just Good Vibes. It's for... um. Really, it's a higher vibrations and a higher spirit, you know? It's really trying to get you healthy. Um, CBD, there's going to be oils, there's uh, crystals. You know, I'm, I'm very into my crystal life, anybody who knows me now, so. <laughs> crystal life for days, I always got my uh, chakra crystals around my neck. Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah, I definitely got that. Once I eventually, like, get settled, settled in life, like, I'm definitely going to have my little area for all of that. Like, <laughs> gotta have your little altar in your house too you know you gotta have oh yeah that. i'm ready to set up mine like <laughs> you know um but yeah we recently started that up um you know really trying to promote healthy living mm, don't get don't get too you know i want you to get big but don't get too big because you know what they did to dr sebi out yeah. here you know what i'm saying like yeah but they don't want yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to protect to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say. Protect our dusty queen, girl. Protect her. For sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so does this mean that you are, like, the CEO or you're um, the founder or you have other people? Like, um, yes, on? me and a few other owners, I would say. A few other owners. Oh. Yeah. I all right, you guys. Yeah, so we just... You know, if you need some crystals, if you need some CBD oils, some hemp, some whatever, 
<laughs> look up. What is it again? What are we looking on? Just We're looking up what? Just good vibes. J U S S G U D V I B E Z. Oh, I know I'm gonna be looking up for just good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Serial entrepreneuring. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. So if you could go back in time and tell your ten year old something, what would you tell him? To enjoy being young. <laughs> enjoy the good old times. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh it, it's it for me it's different because like I lost my father when I was in eighth grade so like 10 is probably like the perfect age to like remember everything in full so enjoy wow. every moment I am sorry that you're like an adult orphan yeah right pretty much <laughs> unfortunately but you know so okay it's all right. It's all right. I, I, I have a feeling like all of that motivated you to be who you are right now. You know, if certain things didn't happen, you wouldn't be. Oh, yeah. I'd be an entirely different person. Entirely. So everything happens for a reason. It's true. It does. Definitely. Yeah. So are you ready for the podcast discussion questions, my dear? Yes, I am. All right, so that closes our interview. You guys have to look her up. Can you um, let our listeners know like all the tags and where they can look you up real quick? Yeah, um, on everything to find me personally, I'm Jersey Queen 201. Um, if you're looking for the magazine, it's We Are a Jersey magazine, spelled properly. Um, Jersey Turnt Up, E-N-T on everything. And if you need a model, it's We Are Jersey Diamonds. With a Z at the end. Right. Okay. And what what about the embroidery company business line? Is are you a part of that? Yes, we own that too. Um, Empire9.co. Um, that's for all printing. We do direct to garment, screen printing, embroidery. Um, you name it, we customize it and print on it. So <laughs> you name it, we probably could do it. Print on anything. Okay. Look at this girl. Look at this girl. This is why she has four hours of sleep a day. All right. So I don't <laughs> want to hear y'all when I don't got time to do anything. How she have time? And you're and you're in school, right? Am I right now? I'm in school, but that's only for a little bit of time. So I'm almost done. My goodness. Anyway, you guys, I don't want to hear excuses. Okay. This is why. She is the launch, you know, podcast interview because I wanted to show you guys that you can do yeah. it. I mean, I'm doing it. She's doing it. There's plenty of other people doing it. Like, we're rocking out, making it happen. And, you know, I'm sure we can all live in a peaceful world where eight hours of sleep is all that we want and it's all that we need but listen you want to make your dreams happen you're gonna to have to cut that eight hours in half okay <laughs> true <laughs> give yourself four hours of sleep it's an even number you should be good <laughs> and <make it> happen. <laughs> that's true okay so the podcast questions are that i posted online 
we're gonna do one and a new question. So I'm sorry for you guys if you're if you are ready to hear one other question. If you have time, then I'll answer that other one and I'll ask that other one. But something happened with my daughter recently, and since you're in the entertainment business, I figured, oh my gosh, she is like the person to ask about this. Okay. So the use of the word nigger. Now let me let me explain to you what happened with my daughter recently. So she has this issue with this boy. I'm going to cut the story real, real short. This boy called her the nigger and call her nigger and the bitch a bitch. She slapped his arm. She gave him many warnings. Do you know when they went up to the teacher, she said to her, why can she say it, but I can't? Wow. I was like, I was like, what? So when she told me that, instantly I said, tell you, tell the teachers to call me. Because first of all, that word is not allowed in my house. My daughter is 15, and when a song comes on and there's a cuss word or anything like that, and she's around me, she doesn't even say the word. <laughs> wow. That's how I got it. That is how I got this house <laughs> running, okay? That's good, though. Um, <laughs> Yes. I mean, she says I'm too strict. She can't wait to be 18 to move out on her own. And I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> the word. Like, do you think that this word, like nigger, like seriously, white people, like we're sitting here saying white people are racist, white people are racist. If you pull up like Reddit or if you even go on other podcasts, people are calling us racist. They're calling us prejudice. Oh, you clicked out. It is. And being in the entertainment industry, do you feel as though rappers are starting to realize that their ownership or saying we're trying to own this word, do you think that's ever going to get reversed where they're going to start saying like, nah, we don't, we're not even going to say nigga. We don't need to say that. Do you think that's ever going to happen? <laughs> the way that the music industry is going, um, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. But that's that's because I, I don't... They're allowing anything in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? So imagine if they, they were... Mm-hmm. Let's say back to 2000s, right? 2000s. I'll, I'll even give credit and say the 90s too. 90s, 2000s. That, that's really when I started listening to rap because my brother put me on. My brother is a little bit older than me. So he was in high school, 2001, two, three, four, you know. So, like, it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. as overwhelming with not only um, the usage of the N-word, but also more so just intelligence factor in music. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. because of how so much far further south it's gone and how easy, I'm going to use the, that, that term easy. It's not necessarily easy to make music. Well, it's easy to consider yourself an artist. Do you know what I mean? So right. um, mm-hmm. I would say for that factor, I don't think it's going to reverse. But the only way that it's going to reverse is if the people up top say something and then it trickles down. But, be, but because the people up top right. are not really necessarily saying anything about it, I don't think it's really going to change. And plus they also don't, there's a lot of people up top who don't see their wrongs in using it how they use it in which makes their fans then use it, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So, 
It so is. Um, it is. they don't necessarily see their own part being played in it. They just say, well, I'm black, so I can say it, versus, let's be honest, this is what it really means. This is what it really does to people. This is what really happened when people have used this mm -hmm. word, and this is why we shouldn't. Right, because you're quick to slap a, a, a man for saying, or a chick, a white person for saying it, but you want to use it. And then I, I love how they're like, well, we're, we're doing the Ethiopian king thing. I'm like, okay, that's niggas. Okay, if you want to try to say that, then let's use that word. Yeah. But either way you look at it, um, the whites are not stupid. They took a they took that particular word and made it a particular way because they're trying to diminish us. So it it diminishes us and it's still a trigger. You know, my daughter is 15 and it still triggered her. It triggered her to the point where when I called the teacher and the teacher didn't even know that it was still a trigger because she said to me, well, kids say it all the time and they're always playing. I thought they were playing with each other. This bothers me. This stresses me the fuck out. When a teacher doesn't even know if it's a trigger word anymore for us. Like, but that's, that's the thing. That's, that's how like music in society, they have to realize where they play the role because if if this song is played on the radio, it's played on TV, it's played on shows, played all this other stuff, that song is getting normalized. So, you know, obviously people are starting to like the song and it's getting popularity. But if all the words are profanity and all of that, you do play a role in spreading that across society. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So they have to understand like, oh, it's just a song, I can do what I want, I'm not a role model. Yes, you are, because now this song is everywhere. And like, Another example would be Trap Queen for Fetty Wap. I know Fetty Wap used to perform that at kids' parties, which I get, but most people, most of these white people might not even know what a Trap Queen is. I bet you they had to look that up. They had to look up what a Trap Queen is. Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And then now they're using it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, now it's, we're a little bit more familiar with what the idea of what a Trap Queen might mean in certain areas that wouldn't necessarily be used at, I should say. So, Mm -hmm. This this develops the norm in society, and people have to realize the part that they play in it. I don't understand why they want to use that word so bad. I mean, one of the profound, one of the most profound rappers in my day, in, you know, 2000, mm -hmm. um, Eminem. I've never heard this man say this. It's, it's funny, I actually had to look it up the other day. I had to look it up because this conversation has came up. And actually, he has like maybe four songs that he says it in. But Oh really? Yeah, he said he says it in about four songs from what I looked up from what I saw the lyrics was. But at the mm -hmm. same time, that was not the main thing he used to push his image. You know what I'm saying? It's, right, right. It, it was maybe mm -hmm. it was songs that were maybe cookie cutters for him. It wasn't his number one single has the N word said about five hundred times. Like it wasn't like that. So right, right. it's a little mm -hmm. bit different because he used it in a more of a perspective way of how people looked at him. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. um, for his songs, I guess I can understand that. But for other people, they use it so much that like they don't. Care. It's normal to them. It's natural, I guess. I'm, I guess that's what I could word it as. But I don't know why they do. They just feel it's a need. They maybe maybe it makes them feel cool. Maybe it makes 
fit in. Maybe they want to follow the trend. Maybe they they don't want to go hard against the trend. You know, it's, it's probably a variety of reasons, but all of them I can't necessarily agree with. So. Wow, I, I I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna need for us to like rise up and just stop using this word. There's been so many panels. I know I think Oprah did a panel. I think you know one of the radio stations. I don't know if it was Hot Night Seven or one of someone did a panel on this. Like we cannot continue to go over this for like another hundred years as to why we need to stop using this word. It's ridiculous. And it's not just this word. I literally had a conversation, like every time I start work with any any place, I'm like, don't call me a bitch. Uh-huh. They're like, girl, bitch, stop playing. I'm like, no, like, I'm not your little friend. I don't like that word because I know when I use that word, it's, it's vulgarity. Uh-huh. Like, I know why I'm using the word. I don't want to hear bitch, please, bitch, you crazy, bitch. And then now men think it's okay. Like I had a discussion with a guy that's like, I'm so glad you told me this because I'm so used to saying bitch, please. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, what? The, you know what it is? This, this, that's a mixture of like of of people. Like you know, for example, you you obviously said something because you obviously want the respect of not being called these things. You know, um, I would say for mm-hmm. other people in certain cases. Maybe their friend says it, or maybe like, for example, like I have a gay friend who says "bitch" all the time, like that's my bitch and all this, all that, right? So like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure because society in certain ways accepts certain things from certain people, they let it slide versus speaking up how you, you know, how you say it. You know what I mean? So like, in that case, if a lot of people are letting it slide, that's another reason why things become the norm too. Because I know there's a lot of people who don't say anything. Like some people might let. That situation just slide whatever ignore it but you said something you know what i mean yeah no it's not sad to me and that guy was not gay that guy was straight as an arrow oh, well. and straight gay whatever i don't care <laughs> like my son's father tried it once when we were friends and he didn't know either he said well all the girls and this is the thing why can they do it and i can't he's like all the girls in my store call each other bitches why can't we call y'all bitches? And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, see, people have to realize monkey see and you know, you don't have to always do. You don't always gotta do the same thing. So I don't care what everybody else do. You know, we do this over here. Right here. Okay. So another podcast discussion question. Why do you think black people take the onus upon ourselves to educate black or Afro-Latinos? on the difference between race and ethnicity and why do we care so much Ooh. why do we care so much <laughs> why do we take yeah the first part of the question is why do we take the onus of educating them on the difference between race and ethnicity because apparently they don't know the difference and, well, uh, and why do we care so much? I, I mean that's a that question i kind of guess Maybe to me, it's a little bit easy, I guess, uh, because at the end of the day, people should know where they're from and their culture. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, we might, I don't know. Why do we take it upon ourselves? Because it's, it's better to be the, per- the person who doesn't let that person be in the dark about where they're incorrect about their culture and their history or their information. So 
I feel like that's a good thing. I feel like I'd I rather hear it from somebody who might know about me better than read in a book made by a white person that about black people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's different. Like, I don't know why we care if black Mexicans, Dominicans, Cubans, or whatever don't want to be called black or Afro Latino. Like, I don't but, care. You don't you you don't know the difference between race and ethnicity, then that's your business. Like I, I think because people really I, I mean I get it, but at the same time, I think people should know. I think people really should know. <laughs> I, I just I just I couldn't see myself, like, if you think about all the things that you think about in your life, you know what I mean? You probably think about your purpose. I wonder if I'm part of this. I'm wondering if this is that from my, from my family. Is this my generational curse? You know what I'm saying? I think you should know that aspect, too. You know what I mean? All those things you should think about and be curious about. I just can't see myself as a person just want, walking around and not having a clue or not even being curious. Maybe not know, like, maybe at this point in my time, I might not know because I can't ask certain questions. But at the same time, being entirely clueless is like, whoa, you know what I mean? To me, that's like, there's no way I could not know all of that about myself to not, like, to 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 move forward and not know that is like, I just can't see myself doing that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like knowing a lot of these yeah. things are how you have to move forward. Because if you don't think about these things, or then you won't know. I want to say you're going to be a little bit more lost in the sauce, but like. You gotta know where you came from to know where you're but going. How can you not know? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 just maybe me though. But you know, like I just think they should know. If somebody teaches you, I don't feel like that's a wrong thing either, because some people really be unaware. And what's? They're not unaware. They're not. You can't. You can't tell me that you don't know that your afro something if you're sitting there dark as charcoal and you could just speak spanish like i don't understand but, i don't understand but that's that's how they are unaware because they sit there and think that way you know what i mean they're unaware for not knowing that because of this dark that 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 you know it came from some type of reason that's their unawareness because there be people who be in straight denial straight <laughs> denial and you need to prove it to them for them to listen. Because at the end of the day, there are, even if people want to say it or not, there are Spanish people who consider themselves black. And there's Spanish people who, who are like, yo, yeah. I'm not black. And they'd be like, yo, they talk to, to us like we're, they're white themselves. Like they're talking to us like we're niggas. Like, you know what I mean? So like, you, those, there's people unaware and it sucks and it's unfortunate, but that's why, you know, those people do need to learn that lesson because at the end of the day, then I, I, I can tell you that once people realize or learn that lesson about themselves, they'll realize that all of our blood mm -hmm. is the same color. And then they're going to be like, oh, wait, I was calling you an N-word, but technically by definition, I'm the N-word. So let me stop right here. <laughs> you would think, you would think that, right? But no matter what job, or school or whatever you have to fill a yeah. form that is divided by race and ethnicity and there's specific questions that it that's asked in both so under race there's not that many options <laughs> <laughs> under ethnicity there's a lot yeah. 
But I'm telling you, some of them don't think it, think of it that way. It's it, for them. It's a, it's a all different perspective, and that's why, like, on certain things, regardless of like, wait, I think it was a recently what Fat Joe said, like, he's <laughs> he's didn't pretty much give them a pass on using the N word, right? So like, you know, it's a it's a different perspective. I don't know. It's why. a different perspective. It's it's a it's sad because it's a different perspective, and like, he's one of the people you gotta think about. Like, think about somebody from the Bronx. You know what I mean? Like. If you tell a Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx, like, don't say the N-word, she's going to look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> she's going to look at you like you're crazy. You're, you're like, I'm Puerto Rican and I'm from the Bronx. You're going to tell me I can't say the N-word? Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> Yeah, okay, but you're not black, right? You're not, you're not, a, you're not even an Afro-Latino. You're sitting there with blonde hair, hazel eyes, in your whitest yeah. paint. And you're saying, oh, because I'm from the Bronx and I'm Puerto Rican, I can say the N-word. No, we need to stop giving people passes. Yeah. Here is the last question. And this is our closing question that I definitely will ask everybody that comes on to my show. Mm -hmm. It is, what does Black culture and Black community mean to you? At this time in 2019, at this point, um, I would say... One of the biggest things is probably unity, um, specifically at this time. I would say that because, like, right now, um, right now I'm staying, I stay at my boyfriend's in Patterson, right? Um, so mm -hmm. I get to see a lot of different things, of course. Like, it's not like Washington Township um, at all, of course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's really, like, over here, you 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 get to see it in a different perspective, I guess, because like it's not the same thing as being on the outside and hearing about what's going on in Newark. You know what I mean? To know what it, or feel it, you have to be in Newark. You know, um, so right. like for me, I you know I'm I used to not really hear about much things that would go on in full over here, but being over here, I, you you could hear it and understand it a little bit more. So like for me, like you know when I see certain things occur in the community um it it, it hits uh, hits hits differently for a lot of reasons you know what i mean now i might know that street you know what i mean i might now pass the street where people were protesting about it i then might pass the street of where um somebody got arrested and people are upset about it over here you know what i'm saying or something happens like that right. so like for me it's a when i think of those things i think of unity at this time cuz like um, I would say maybe it was getting close to a year from now. Uh, it happened a year ago, maybe. Something something happened over here, and like you know, a cop killed a black uh a black guy. You know, pretty much there was no explanation. You know, there's no um, there's no, I guess investigation and in, in in faithfulness for justice for it. So realistic. Where exactly did this uh? happen um no this was in patterson it was um jameek lowry right so, um so jameek lowry you probably you can look it up and you'll see there was like a video and in, in the hospital and then he like died two hours later and they believe it was the cops or whatever so like you know there's things that like that where you can witness that over here and then you'll see how it changes the community you know what i mean it, it really it truthfully does and then people are upset you know um and I would truthfully say I, it's when I see those things now in 2019, 
it's a little different because you sit there and realize that how, well, me being at the age I'm at, I'm 26, um, you know, you get to realize how, like, some things truly never have changed, you know? Yeah, I know. And, um, of course, I, you know, being here, seeing it firsthand, you, you see how things haven't changed, but also the potential for things to not change uh, for the better for the future. So there's people over here, you know, who are like, I would say, I don't want to call them activists, but I'll call them activists, you know what I'm saying, who, who are trying to make those differences over here. And it actually does unite the community. Um, it unites the community. Um, and that, that fight is something that happens every day necessarily you know it happens every day you there's no there's no sitting there saying oh it's over with you know what i mean the racism is not over with the problems with the cops are not over with um you know the the lack of happiness within the community with the things that are going on is not over with you know and these are the things that help unite the community unfortunately even though it's not on positive reasoning but um when I think about both, really, at this time, that's what I really think about. And I think about how there's no, right now, there's not someone strong enough or big enough to cause it to end. So it's kind of like you're seeing us, you're watching a cycle, you know what I mean? You, people don't even realize you're watching another cycle of like how, you know, certain, these things happen in history already. These things already happen in history. Right. You're just watching the cycle right. all over again. So, but it, it it's with us. It's us. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not holding one another accountable. And it it's crazy because we we sat there when Jay Z said what he said, and we attacked him for like a day or two days. You know, like no, you know, even Damon Dash said. He wasn't surprised by Jay-Z's comment because everyone that knows Jay-Z knows that he's all about his pockets. At the end of the day, it's all about him and his pockets. So if he felt as though, you know, um, being in a business partnership with NFL was going to, you know, better his pockets, he's going to do what he's going to do. Kaepernick or not. Yeah. No, that is very and true. That's you know, and white people are seeing this. White people are seeing that, look, you don't, like, these niggas don't stand for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole Kaepernick thing, you know, oh, we're going to give up football, blah, 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 here's football season. And, like, I love football. I have a favorite team. It's the Patriots. I don't care whoever's, you know, mm -hmm. not a Pat fan, whatever. <laughs> but I have, I have not watched football. Since then, I mean, here and there, like if someone says something happens, I'll, I'll I'll look it up or whatever. But there's so many things that I don't do because they go against black people or they come out as racist. And people will sit there and tell me, like, you're only one person. What are you going to do? That, yeah. But imagine if a million of me's did this. Yeah. But a million of me's don't want to do this. A million of me's just want to just go on and do whatever <laughs> no it's true it's very it's very very true you know and i i definitely understand with not using a lot of things that go against black people i'm i'm pretty much the same way with that or lgbt community both for me 
Like if, if it's against both, I don't want anything to do with it. Like I don't, I don't even, right. I'm not eating that Chick-fil-A. Everybody else can be at Chick-fil-A. I'm not doing it. No, no, yeah. I don't even know that Chick-fil-A. Like hell no. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's just ridiculous. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I agree with a lot of these white people, these white podcasts that I see. And you know, black people sit there and be like, oh my God, like she's white. She's so white. Mm-hmm. If we don't stand for something, then they could treat us however the hell they want to treat us. And that's what's happening. Because we allow it. Trump, exactly. People are like, Trump made people racist. No, you know what Trump did? He brought it out of them. Trump, he brought the honesty out. <laughs> exactly. Not just that. Trump lessened respect. Yeah. That's what Trump did. Because if you look at any like anytime there's a black person that would come on like a show or whatever and talk about race and they sit there and say, oh, how would you feel if da 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 would date a black person? The first thing they say is I have black friends and this and blah, 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 blah. But I would want, you know, my child to keep the Italian in them or keep the, you know, Irish in them in the best way, nicest way possible. They're like, we just don't want our blood tainted. We say the same thing. There's many black people that say the same thing. Like, I don't want a white person. Mm-hmm. I don't want a white grandbaby. So why do we get upset? Now they don't care. Now they're like, I don't want no black. Like they'll be they'll be really raw with it. Yeah. The respect is gone. And in the 80s, early 90s, everyone was so scared of Al Sharpton because if you ain't if you went against the grain and you was sitting there. Um, not giving us rights, you had to worry about Al Sharpton knocking on your door to the point where <laughs> it was in movies, it was in TV shows. No, 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 Al Sharpton's gonna come for us. We gotta make sure. Now they don't give a shit. They don't care. <laughs> That's what he did. We lost that respect, and we're not getting it back anytime soon because we keep calling each other niggers. We keep taking, you know, business plans, business, uh, whatever with the NFL. We keep doing stupid shit like this. We keep not backing up Kaepernick for get, and he don't have his job, but yeah, he's making more money now with Nike than he was with football. But still, he's still training. He's still trying to get his paper, still trying to get back on the team. And we're not caring. And we keep supporting all these white brands when there's so many black brands out there that's struggling and need our help and we don't want to give them the dollars. So why would they respect us? It was a pleasure, you guys. I hope you guys learned, you know, some things and some nice tidbits. And was there anything that you wanted me to ask you that I didn't get to ask? Oh, no, not really. You got everything. (laughs) All right. So, again, can you let our listeners know where they can reach you? Just one more time. Yeah. I am Jersey Queen 201 on everything. I'm also, we are Jersey Magazine, Jersey Turnt, Up, ENT, and we are Jersey Diamonds with a Z. It was a pleasure, B, and I really, really do hope you win that award. <laughs> Thank and you. And if you win, I want an exclusive, like a 10-minute exclusive on how the event went. I called dibs. I don't know who else said they wanted <laughs> I don't. I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, definitely. 
Definitely. All right, hun. Have a good day. All right, you too. Thank you again.